Yo, what is up? You have found We Like the Blazers. I am your host, Ryan Willie Whitledge, and joining me from across the world with either a door that has taken the place of a holy punched in his wall or from a completely different dwelling is Mr. Brandon Goldner. Goldner, how you doing? Hello. I'm definitely not tired. Yes, we are on a little mini vacation. We're staying in a town that's a couple hours from our place. And it's great. It's like an alpine version of a smaller version of Bend. It's really beautiful. Went on a dope hike yesterday. Um, It is kind of rainy today. That's okay. Did like 3,500 feet of elevation gain over four miles. It's like straight up, straight down. So we're we're a little sore, a little tired. Uh, My energy will be at a certain level, uh, which you'll probably appreciate because I'm usually way over the top. But Ryan, how are you doing, my friend? As I put on my NPR voice, how are you? Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, this wonderful yeah. talk. And no, I, uh, I like the Blazers. I have no clue, but like my energy took an absolute like dive about like an hour before I left work. And so then, right as I got home, I showered real quick, changed, and then made myself coffee. And my my wife is giving me like a side eye, like, you never get home and drink coffee? Like, why are you not going to the fridge and grabbing a beer? I was like, that'll just make me fall asleep in the middle of recording a podcast. So. <laughs> I'm excited for the NPR episode of We Like the Blazers as we talk about fake <laughs> trades. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. Hey, you know what? You can't be on 100% all the time, especially the work that you do. I It requires a lot of physical and mental energy, especially because you're leading people and working on important shit. So yeah, I get it. I mean, this should be, Ryan, this should be your space to be able to decompress and relax and think about things that make you happy like the Blazers. Isn't that right? Yes. <laughs> so let's actually, let's start with... Um, Wait, can I trade staff? Hold on. I'm, I'm messing around with Fanspo because I was seeing if I'd like that better than the ESPN trade machine. But oh I just God. got... We've had days to prepare for... Okay, as you do that, let me... <laughs> but I got confused because under the, the players or picks that you can select, then I had an option for staff. And I'm like, wait, can I trade staff? <laughs> you could trade one Joe Cronin for one Eric Spolstra. And yeah, um, really quick. We haven't recorded since the draft lottery. Let me just ask you this. Um, how did you feel? What was going through your mind when the Blazers lottery ping pong ball or giant cardboard square was not shown at five? What was going through your head at that point? Well, for me, I watched it with an absolutely full crowd at Bricks Tavern. So t- uh, as I had mentioned before, 1080 the fan was doing all day broadcast down there. And then, so I, ca- I got there to catch the tail end of the noon show with uh, Danny and Dusty. And then Danny, uh, also host of Jack Ramsey's brought his entire computer setup, which was funny uh, down there because they were going to do the live podcast. And I could not react to the actual cardboard squares that were being shown on the screen because somehow in a bar filled with TVs that are watching live television, uh, Danny and Brandon's feed was 15 seconds ahead of everybody else. So all of us, all of us about that, by the way, yeah, all of us in the bar, like it's understandable. They're recording like their live thing for their thing. 
but as those picks are coming, you know, we're, you're seeing chalk. Like I was sitting uh, right across from me. I was sharing a table with, uh, uh, with Seth. So sheriff of Portland, as most people know him. Uh, and we decided, all right, phones down, no Twitter, no texts. We're just going to watch it right. as it happens. We don't want anything to be ruined in because, case because, of because some, you, because you want a shared experience, right? That's why yeah. you all went to bricks tavern. It wasn't for you to sit on your computer. It was because you wanted to experience it with everyone else in the room. Am I wrong about that? Correct. And so like when that New Orleans, when that, when that first pick comes up at 14 or whatnot, you hear Danny yell, he's like, all right, chalk, all right, chalk. And like, it took us until about the 11th pick for us to realize that he wasn't just yelling that out of emotion for like hopeful thinking, but that he knew. And then he's like, he stands up and he's like, I'm sorry, everybody. My feeds, my feeds 15 seconds ahead. And unanimously everybody in the bar said, shut it off. I agree. Listen, like, I I mean, no shade, but you, everyone is there to experience it together. That's the point. And if your feed on your computer is ahead, you know what you do? you stop looking at the feed and you watch what everyone else is watching so that you can have the shared experience. I really didn't, I didn't like that at all. And again, like easy for me to say from my couch, but like, um, anyway, yeah, whatever. Well, and, and I know the platform that he's using. I've used that before I've done live watch parties and and stuff on that before you can hit pause and say, you're able to sync it, right? but you know, to each his own. So it was, you know, it was a delayed 15 seconds. I heard him cheer and it's not like I couldn't ignore him because where my table was sitting, like I could have turned, I threatened to turn around and hit him with a chair. Cause I was that close, <laughs> but I mean, it was, it was just watching it go chalk. You know, they get through that nine, eight, seven, six range. And you're like, Oh my God, because you know, statistically you're like, all right, now it's really it's once top they four. got past six, right. Cause there was a 2% chance of five. So really once they got past six, you're kind of like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so then, you know, that commercial break happens and it's, you know, just, I, when they came back from commercial break, I think I made it on every news station that was down there and almost everybody's individual Twitter videos. You can see me up and pacing in the background, hands on my head, just, (laughs) you know, I'm quote tweeting out videos after the fact of like, look me, it's, it's me being emotional about ping pong balls. But yeah, um, I think only one news station, I think it was Krupke caught up with me with, with after the picks happened where I said, they don't need him. They have Zach Collins scream that at the top of my lungs <laughs> oh my at the God. bar. So, but no, it, it was definitely an emotional experience. So, and, and to just kind of, especially have that excitement build. Like I kind of wish that when they came back, they didn't rush through four, three, two, one as quick I, as yeah, they did. I agree with that. Yeah. Let it build a little, but that's, they were on a timeline for a, a playoff game, but I don't know, maybe schedule yourself a little bigger window on that. Bingo. That's the thing. You're not on a schedule. You build the schedule. Like there's no, re- Oh, we have a game to get to. You can, you don't have, yeah. I, especially for that last part, the last couple picks, I do agree. It went fast. I, I feel like I felt many of the same things that you did. I wasn't with other people. I was by myself, but I was having like very, um, What's the word I want to use? I am so tired, my friend. Uh, very acute um, physical anxiety mm-hmm. watching the picks go by, and particularly once they got past five. So I had like a piece of paper where I had written down where the teams were slotted to pick. And then as the picks were coming in, I would write the actual pick next to the team name. 
and my handwriting was very bad because my hand was like <laughs> shaking. It was, it, I mean, there was that brief moment of just like, you think it might, it might happen, but, um, yeah, man, I, I felt a lot of the same things you did. It was pretty intense. Yeah. And so then to see it come up three, like, well, it's the disappointment lasted all of, Oh, I don't know, 10 seconds, because again, it's, you still ended up with a top three pick in a draft in which, as we've said, and so many others have said that any, like without Wimby, either one of those guys are, are, you know, it's a, they'd go number one in their own draft. So to have, you know, to have an option to get one of them or use one of them, I should say, you know, it's, that's, that's a big thing. It's definitely a lot easier to do that than it is to move the, you know, seventh pick as we've chatted about on our last recording. Yeah. Getting a top three pick in a three player draft is, is huge. And I, I agree with you too. Like I felt disappointment, but I also did that thing where you cut, you kind of, your face goes, Oh, and then the polite clapping, right? Like they still got three. Um, yeah, it was cool, man. I, I feel like, uh, I feel really good. I mean, we're going to get into, this is the fake trade episode, right? We've been hearing about this. I hate since the fake trade one. season. I hate it. Well, I hate it with a passion. It's only been here for two weeks and I effing hate it. And then there's maybe another this month. Is, maybe this is good. Then that I have a hard out because we'll be time limited. We can't go on forever on this, but, um, yeah. I mean, it's like, there are a lot of options open for the blazers. It's a very interesting time. We've heard a lot of fake trades. I had one more thought. I honestly, this is like, whew, this is great radio. Um, I forgot what I was going to say altogether. <laughs> Hard out. <laughs> totally, okay. Anyway, totally, totally but, left my brain. Anything so, else so, on the draft lottery specifically that you wanted to touch on? No, just fuck, fuck you, San Antonio. Like at oh, this I point, was okay time with that. Who else that, well, would you have rather? If not, it, I, I mean, I agree. But do they have to get you, every you want, every generational? Big, you want Michael no. Jordan to get the number one pick? Is that what you wanted? You wanted if Michael Jordan got him to Detroit. You wanted Victor to go to Detroit. That what you wanted? I don't think so. Come well, on. Maybe the city wouldn't burn, but no, I'm just, it's, it's, Ooh, I, well, for, for one, you know, now pop's going to coach till he dies. And for two, does Who's every, do that anyways? does any, every generational big man have to go to the city of San Antonio? People forget Tim Duncan was drafted in 1997. This was a long time ago. Let's cool it. Like this wasn't I was like alive. I'm allowed to be bitter. I'm just saying I, Hey, look, I, I, if it's not Portland, I wanted it to be San Antonio. I think they have a stable, mature organization. They've had some problems and there've been some hiccups and some not great stories that have come out in the last couple of years, but on balance, they have been one of the better stewards of an NBA franchise. One of the best you could ask for. So I I'm okay with it. Like I, if, if not Portland, I'm okay with it. Honestly. I didn't want it to be Houston. Didn't want it to be Detroit. Definitely didn't want it to be Orlando or Indiana. One of the teams that the Blazers passed while tanking. That was going to be my thought. All of the tanking was worth it. It was worth it. You know, whether you had your gripes about how the season ended, um, whether we have our gripes about Chauncey Billups as a coach, I know I've been a staunch Chauncey Billups supporter, you know, uh, supporting him all the way through, not ever criticizing Chauncey Billups whatsoever. 
how are you not reacting to this? But the tank was worth it. I mean, this is like, this is why you tank. It worked out. And frankly, it worked out last year too. The Blazers getting who may be the, the, the singular best player in the draft, even though, you know, there's going to take, it's going to take quite a bit of development from Shaden Sharp to get there, but it's definitely possible. So tank was worth it. That's what I wanted to say. Now that we know this, now we enter into the season of speculation where everybody yes. will uh, demand that you give them your best stuff and they will give you their uh, their remaining pairs of unmatched socks and that, you know, we do vice versa. So I'm sure you've done it. I'm sure you've done a bit of, uh, you know, scrolling through and, and seeing, you know, for one, what the fan base has come up with. But, you know, for two, then then the rumors that are out there about various things. What you got any hot takes? on or something that's just made you go what the absolute fuck is this um i think we're going to get into it as we go through these specific fake trades but i will say the thought i had this morning thinking about it when is the last time that you remember portland being mentioned in this volume of fake trades i that well the, what version the version where we get other players or the version where everyone steals dame because it's been a couple of years on oh, one of ignoring those. the da- okay. <laughs> ignore the damian lillard stuff when is the last time you remember portland being involved in this many fake trades and rumors and reporting and leaks i can't it's, it's got to go ever. back to it's got to go back to aldridge and and uh will he or won't he are they going to let him walk uh you know do they do they sign and trade or or whatever with him I, that's the last time i can remember portland's name being talked about in in that much trade kind of chatter is is the I, you know the season before aldridge left that's fair. I also think some of this is a little bit biased by the fact that we are more, you know, terminally online than ever. So we're seeing more content than ever. But I think it's fair to say that for me, this is the most that I've ever seen Portland mentioned in fake trades since I've followed the team. And that was what I thought this morning is that that is really good news. That's good news for Joe Cronin. It's good news for the Blazers. That means that they have options. Some of these fake trades are just coming from people like me who go on the trade machine and make fake trades. I don't have any sources. I don't pretend to have sources. I'm not going to go into the did he, didn't he, of whether Dame wanted Shaden Sharp during last year's draft. And I'm just, I, look, God, I'm that was a pre- stupid argument. Oh, uh, we're not going to do it though. Here, we're not going to do it here. But the point is, no. there are also agents, plugged in reporters, GMs who have been sharing information and leaking information that involve Portland. And I think the fact that they have been mentioned so many times in such a short period of time is good news for the Blazers. I believe that it means they have options. And with that being said, Ryan, if you will allow me, I would like to talk about some fake trades that you abhor so much that you dislike to the very root of your core as a fan. You don't want to talk about fake trades. You want to talk about the team. You want to talk about development. You want to talk about Damian Lillard and championships and rainbows and sunshine. Well, listen up, sweetheart. It is fake trade season. And we are here with those fake trades. Now you've seen them all over the internet. The latest one is that the nets are not giving up the kill bridges for anything, not even $50 worth of gold in your mother. But what we did is we, I don't even know what that means. Well, can I, hold on. Can can I explain that one real quick before you get into it? So I just, I did a a podcast hit with uh, Nick Faye of the, the Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn buzz. Are you big Um, timing me right now, Ryan? 
Uh, I am because I used to do <laughs> I used to do some writing for for uh, for the that that but he's in the uh, he's under the blue wire pod umbrella and uh, you know he wanted me on for twofold he's like hey you know Portland wants Mikhail well we want Dame so and it was funny because it was let's equally discuss both these options and we we're when we we're outlining it and setting it up and messaging back and forth he goes okay well what do you think about then the for the Nets getting Dame I said simple the answer is no I don't know like did you have a five second <laughs> spot outlined in your, in your yeah. pod for that. Or do you, and so that was a weird one to fake my way through, but it, it, it did open my eyes to kind of like how the, how the Nets fan base is viewing talks of some of these trades. And then also I've been trying to branch out and listen to a lot more beat reporters things. I've done a lot more listening to random other teams locked on things because you do get people that are plugged in, you know, regardless of what you think of beat reporters and lying for access, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, they are a little more in tune with what an organization is thinking and 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 the thought at least with the nets and and mikhail tends to be that mikhail was the big piece that came back in the kevin durant trade so you kind of they're looking at it in how we've somewhat looked at like the cj trade of like hey if jeremy grant walks we basically tanked and traded cj for nothing well if whatever trade you're trying to make for mikhail it they're kind of viewing it in the lens of is that worth kevin durant now is that an asinine way to think about it? Can you, you know, try to, you know, think about the value in that way? No, but if the organization is thinking more towards that way, you, you can't help them help, you know, but operate under that. That's how they're operating. But so just a I little bit really on that. Quick, I, I think that's, I understand that it's, you know, well, we gave up KD for this. They also got Cam Johnson. They also got, four first round picks and they also mm-hmm. got a swap. So let's not pretend like Mikhail Bridges was the only thing they got from the KD trade. Cause it wasn't, but I, I get it. And I do agree with you. I think it's helpful and almost necessary to hear what other people who are plugged in with other teams think about these trades. And to your point, you know, Mike Richmond of the locked on blazers podcast has been doing these, you know, collaborative that he did one with a Brooklyn person. He did one with a, a Phoenix person, yep. no, a magic, a magic person. Anyway. So, oh, he's, yeah. so with that being said, I want to, we're going to go through some fake trades, Ryan. We have 37 minutes. I think we have more than enough time. I've put together six different packages. Okay. But I want to start with an assumption. All of these assume that Damian Lillard stays with the Blazers. So all of these trades are around building around Dame. So that's where we're starting. Um, The second assumption is, and and this one I'm a little more flexible on, but the second assumption is that the third pick is Scoot Henderson because the Hornets don't want to pair him with LaMelo Ball. So that the second pick side bets on if they fuck that up for everybody. Well, (laughs) maybe they will. And maybe other teams like Brandon Miller, you don't know, but like, so that's the second assumption. I'm, I'm less, I don't know if that one matters quite as much. And then the last one that definitely does matter. This assumes that Portland and Chicago come to an agreement to unencumber the pick owed to Chicago that the Blazers are able to, let's say trade the, this year's Knicks pick in order to then open up their future picks to being traded without getting into details Uh, Mm -hmm. the rule is that your team needs to have a first round pick every other year. Um, so if you have protection on a pick, 
that is lottery dependent, then you're it's either you're not allowed to slash it is incredibly complex the protections in order to guarantee that you would not be left without a first round pick in two consecutive years. So the point is it's it's you got to get that pick unlocked to, to trade your future picks. So yeah, here and, and one last thing too. Oh, go for it. Yeah, I don't think uh, they need to unlock it, but well, well, that's for down the road. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's just leave that aside. Um, <clears throat> the last thing I want to say is this, as we're going to start these trades, I, you know, there's definitely a balance between what some Blazers fans want to see happen. And then for example, what some fans of the other team want to see happen. And I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle my view, if you can construct a trade that makes both fan bases unhappy, it's you've a good probably trade. constructed a fair value trade, right? Yes. Okay. Ryan, are you ready to get into these fake trades? Yes, I am. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with trade sequence number one. I've named them all. I've done my homework. I have put these through the ESPN trade machine. The trade machine says that they work. This trade sequence is called depth at the top. So here we go. Get ready. Buckle up. In this trade, there's two separate trades happening. In the first trade, Portland is trading with Phoenix to get DeAndre Ayton in exchange for Anthony Simons, Nas Little, and a future first-round pick. In the second trade, Portland is getting Lowry Markkinen for the number three pick, a future first, and Yusuf Nurkic. This doesn't affect the cap that much. It increases the Blazers' wins by 16 wins, according to ESPN. And the reason for doing it is that Phoenix gets off a malcontent in DeAndre Aiden. Utah gets Scoot Henderson in a first-round pick, and Portland gets better. So your lineup is going to be Dame, Shaden Sharp, Lowry Markkinen, Jeremy Grant, DeAndre Aiden, and then a mid-level exception player, Matisse Seibel, Cam Reddish, Trenton Watford, Jabari Walker. So, Ryan, this first series of trades, what do you think about it? Absolutely not. Why? There is, and John Hollinger had a really good bit on this in in The Athletic today. Um, There is zero reason. The only thing I disagree with for, for this trade is your future firsts. Why? I think all future firsts need to stop getting thrown out in any of these trades dealing with the Blazers. That's why I don't think they need to unencumber that. If you're throwing in number three, Simons, Little, and Nurkic, that's your package. Toss in a couple second rounders if you want. But right now, we're as as Hollinger kind of alluded to, um, where'd it go? Uh, he was talking about how at the draft combine, a lot of the execs that he talked to were wondering if they've seen the last of teams putting quote unquote, multiple unprotected picks in circulation in the way they have for the last few years, specifically for going for all in moves like the one that Portland is trying to make, because if you swing and you miss with your all in move, you're fucked. And now you're starting to see a lot of these teams. So, you know, Phoenix gave away a lot of their draft capital. They weren't able to climb the mountaintop to, when they got KD. Uh, you've seen this with the nets. They're considered cap poor even though they have Phoenix because Phoenix's picks. So now these teams that made these all in moves and they gave away these so many future first round picks, it didn't work. They weren't, you know, they didn't just 
went or waltzed their way into a championship like they thought they would when they had these these teams and got these superstars and made these pairings. And now their destiny isn't in their hands when they need to look at being a rebuild. I think the Nets are the best example of that now. They can't tank because their tanking means nothing. Their tanking helps Philly, uh, who they paid uh, when they you know when they got uh, player or players up there. You know, um, the the Suns they can't tank because they're tanking that helps the Nets. These teams don't owe their picks and they don't control their destiny and leveraging so many future firsts now more than like maybe the next years is now become a detriment because if you don't hit on it and you aren't a hundred percent sure that, you know, you can 73 win warriors, Steve Kerr, roll the basketball out, roll the basketball out there kind of style that it's not worth it because it handicaps you too much. So let me, while I, while I do like your trade, if you were to do this same thing and get rid of those two firsts, hundred percent in a heartbeat, it, it fits damn near every single need that, that Portland would want. If uh, Utah getting that number three pick, you know, makes Danny Ainge's pants tight because he has another pick. <laughs> Shut up. You, you know, it, I did, did say not. that. I, I dug that out of the tickle trunk. <laughs> Yo, okay. Let me make the argument for including the firsts. Uh, the first reason, no pun intended, Again, remember all of these trades assume they want to keep Damian Lillard. Um, Mm -hmm. In my view, you need to figure out how to build the strongest team around Damian Lillard. And you are sacrificing the future somewhat in order to do that. But here's the more important point. In my opinion, the Blazers are in a good negotiating position from an asset perspective, the Blazers find themselves in a pretty weak negotiating position from a, intangibles aspect where you have Damian Lillard who said, I want to be on a winner right now. That's not good leverage. Same thing with Phoenix. They're not in a very strong position with Aiton because everyone and their mom knows that he doesn't want to be there. By contrast, Utah is in a much stronger negotiating position. They could just keep Lowry Markin and they turned him into an all-star. He's one of the 30 best players in the NBA. Now he's 25 years old. His contract is minuscule, which is why you're able to get away with the second trade and only be including Nurkic in that it's a great contract. So uh, here's, and also this too, the Blazers are not the only team who are going to want a player like Deandre Ayton. Ayton is also only 25 years old. ostensibly, I mean, you could talk yourself into, he clashed with Monty Williams. No one likes playing with Chris Paul. This was a very productive player in the finals. He's still young. He's, and you could also say, well, under Damian Lillard, look at what Lillard did for Nurkic, turning him from a non-playing malcontent into an above average center. What could he do for someone like Deandre Ayton? So I think part of my thought with the firsts is let's just look at the Phoenix part of this really quick. You're Phoenix. Okay. You're getting offers from teams for Deandre Ayton. Why would you just trade for Anthony Simons? How does that help Phoenix really? Well, I think the, uh, the other thing for Phoenix too is, is Simons, his deal is too long for them where Phoenix currently sits is right now at on the, um, in the out years of, you know, Durant Booker and Aiton, the final year that those three will be on the team together in 25, 26, just those three alone is $144 million. Woof. So Phoenix needs to get out from money and they need to get out from money fast, which right. in this case, I would take this trade and I would kind of swap it to 
give Nurkic to Phoenix because obviously then they kind of need a center because he's lesser money that dies sooner off the books. And then Simons to Utah to sweeten the pick for you or sweeten that pot for Utah. That's kind of where the cap that's kind of work. If you do it that way though, like the, well, I don't care what the trade machine, I don't care what the trade machine says. You can throw in whatever second round picks you need to make it work. But those are the kind of things too, where I'm trying to look at the other teams and say, what, what are they trying to figure out? So saying, Hey, not this season, but the following. Yeah. What the following season, all teams doing this, like Phoenix cannot build any sort of roster when three of their players are making $144 million. I, I Absolutely think so, not. So they need to find a way. They are motivated to dump that eight in money. The, the way I look at this crappy short-term money. Yeah. The way I look at this for Phoenix, why Phoenix does it is that Aiton is a distressed asset at this point, both because he's pissed and because his production has been sagging. Anthony Simons is a positive value contract, a young player on a much below max contract who's signed for a long time and you're getting a first round pick. That's why Phoenix does it. You do need Simons in there to make the salaries work. You cannot plug in Nurkic into that Aiton trade and make it work. You need to have more salary. And that's where the Blazers are limited. They don't have a lot of extra salary to include in any of these trades. The biggest salary pieces they have are Simon's Nurkic, Nas little. And then if you're considering Shaden sharp to be untouchable, which I am by the, that's an assumption in this too, is that we're not trading Shaden sharp, but from Utah's perspective, you know, I'm not sure if I do this, if I'm Utah, Lowry Markinen has proven that he's Again, one of the 30 best players in the NBA. I know that some people hear that and go, what? It's it's true. <laughs> Look at what he did last year. It's true. And he's still young. He's on a great contract. So while this trade, and it's funny because, Ryan, when I put this out there, Blazers fans didn't like this. They were like, who let this guy cook? And they were like, <laughs> oh, this is some bullshit. Look, man. And then Phoenix fans were like, no way do we do that for Aiden. We're going to get way more than that for him. Uh, yeah, I think it's actually pretty fair value. I would say this is actually, and unfortunately, this is an optimistic trade for Portland. I think I'm not sure they're going to get this much talent from Simons and number three. And I, I again, I, I do think those future firsts are important in a lot of these deals. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. I'm All trying right, to work well, around. I'm trying to work around with some money here. And, uh, and yeah, the, Keon, and John- I, I Keon, Keon Johnson gets it, but. I will say this, the salary part of it was why I, I have not done this much quote unquote research for one of our Mm -hmm. podcasts. I think ever, I really tried hard to create trades in positions of need where the salaries worked out, where you could make an argument for all of the trade parties involved. And that's not easy. It's not, it's hard. And that's like, even with Portland being involved in all these trade rumors, there are not unlimited trades they can make. It's tough. So Let's let's put that one on the back burner. It's there again. It would be. I, th- I think that's one of your better ones. I just like I said, I personally have an issue with with the future firsts because again, especially looking at the timeline of Dame, like you, a lot of people are trying to work from the assumption of oh well, if it doesn't work, then we'll request trade for Dame and then we'll get all these firsts back. Well, right now the market would seem to be leaning in that they're not teams aren't going to be trading a shit ton of future firsts, so don't send them out hoping or thinking that you'll get them back later. Cause it's not necessarily the case. That's fair. I, I just, I consider this to be like, you're giving Damian Lillard one shot with the best possible team and you're sacrificing the future. That's the sacrifice in these trades that I'm making. There's no perfect way to do this. Right. So um, let's move on to the second trade. So, but the other thought Ryan with all of these, 
it's a question of how you use the two most important assets the Blazers have, which are the number three pick and Anthony Simons. Mm-hmm. And how much are you willing to sacrifice depth or absolute top end talent? This trade represents the second in spades. It's the AD trade. It's one trade. It's with the <laughs> Los Angeles Lakers of Los Angeles, Portland Ever. getting Anthony Davis and the Lakers getting number three, Anthony Simons, Yusuf Nurkic and two future firsts. This is almost entirely cap neutral. The reason why Portland does it is obvious. You pair a generational big with Dame. And the reason we'll why never the Lakers play well in big minutes. They will never play well in big minutes and is made of glass. Let's but sure. talk about that in just a second. And the Lakers begin their long and slow rebuild with a lot of draft capital and a young sub all-star. ESPN says that the Blazers add 12 wins with this move and your lineup would be Dame, Shaden Sharp, Nas Little, Jeremy Grant, Anthony Davis, and then that mid-level exception player and then the people bomb the roster. Ryan, what do you think of this construction? Well, for one, your lineup is not starting Little. Your lineup is starting Thibault with that. You hate Thibault. You keep putting you keep putting him on the bench here. But I do. Well, I, I mean, at some for, point, scoring matters in the NBA. We're not. It's not two thousand and seven. So just say it. Okay, but two things. I refuse to let the Blazers be one of these idiotic teams who constantly help the Lakers out of their own failed, you know, misery that they build themselves. That team was heading into the side of the mountain before this trade deadline. And, uh, you know, the league was like, you know what? Well, oh, these little Lakers will help them out. And then look how far they ended up making in the playoffs. Yeah, sure. That was they played a great out. trade for them. I said it at the time. Props to Ron Palinka. I know, but you know, at some point in time, everybody has to stop answering their phone calls and let them wallow because when the Lakers are good, then it also limits every other team's ability because then now all these players who are ring chasing just want to go to LA. Anthony Davis would be far and away the best player Dame has ever played with. And it's not close. Correct. For all 22 games that he plays. It's he would, I don't try. I don't try games. I don't trust his health and I don't trust his attitude. Anthony Davis stayed healthy for the entirety of the playoffs. And he played all the way through the Western conference finals. He was their most important player in the playoffs. And he disappeared for major stretches at a time that had nothing to do with his health. I maybe also mentioned with playing with I, LeBron James, man. Like I mentioned has to do if you can't imagine- get motivated playing with LeBron James, you're not going to get motivated playing with anybody else. The bit the look, Playing with someone like Damian Lillard is it hits different. It just hits different. And like, look, I, again, like some of this for me is a little fantastical, wishful thinking. Damian best Lillard, case scenario trades. Think you about get the best the, Anthony Davis. Think about all the players who've come through Portland and who had career years and they left Portland and they just kind of wafted out of the NBA like a sullen fart. Is that because of Terry Stotts? I don't know. Maybe not. Is it because of Damian Lillard? So like, look, that's the thing. So really the, the, the value proposition here is, are you willing to sacrifice your depth and your future to have the absolute most powerful one, two combo that Dame could probably ask for. And yeah, the reason why Anthony Davis is available at this price is because of everything you just said. It is because of the injuries. It is because of the inconsistency, but that's what if Anthony Davis played consistently, never got injured. You couldn't get him for this. (laughs) That's the point, right? 
all of these are imperfect. So you don't like this trade though. I can see it on your face. I'm just, I'm anti, I'm, I'm anti Anthony Davis. I'm out on him. I I just, you're you're out, you're out. And I think most of Blazers nation would agree with you. You ready to move on to trade number three? Yes. Siakam it to me, baby. This one, Portland gets Toronto's Pascal Siakam and the Raptors get number three and Anthony Simons. Nas Little and Keon Johnson. This adds six million to the Blazers cap. ESPN says it adds 12 wins. The reason's pretty simple. Portland gets an elite wing, a true second option, and Toronto gets to pick a direction, building around Scotty Barnes and kind of thinning out their wing lineup. So you'd have Dame, Shaden Sharp, Pascal Siakam, Jeremy Grant, Nurkic, and then a mid-level player, Tybal Reddish, Watford Walker. What do you think of this trade? You're putting it all in all the chips. Number three and Simons is going in. No future for I think you like that. And you're getting yes, but Pascal that is Siakam. that is that is a massive overpay for Pascal. And one thing from a Raptors beat writer Toronto from the Athletic, fans would disagree. I'm aware. I'm sure Toronto fans would disagree. But this is coming from uh, Eric Eric Corin, who's a, a Raptors beat writer. He was approached uh, about somebody or uh, from a Detroit writer who was trying to make sells on, on uh on on them with the the fifth pick. And I, I'll just take what his response was without clarifying like what Detroit was looking for. But he had said that is certainly the type of trade the Raptors would be looking at if they indeed wanted to move Siakam. The problems are twofold. First, even if the Raptors like Wiseman, they are set at center. Assuming they bring back Yakam Perto, which I expect they will, and with Christian Coloco as his backup. Secondly, the Pistons fell to five. Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller would be the clean lottery fits for the Raptors. The Thompson twins, Cam Whitmore, Anthony Black, there's at least some overlap with Scotty Barnes and questions about their shooting, which the Raptors cannot really handle next to Barnes or Pirtle. In short, something like this is a possibility, but I think the Raptors are reaching out to Portland to engage first just for the or just for the third pick. Okay. So from a Raptors beat writer, I would say that ends up being a, a bit of an overpay. I understand again, it's a thing about having to make money work, but if you want to make some money work here. Um, if the Raptors want the third pick, even if they're set at center, I think that's where you kind of, Hey, if you want this or want to sweeten the pot with this, we're going to have to, you're going to have to swallow some bad money for us. And that's where the NERC contract comes in. And so here's a trade along these lines where I kind of think it, it fits the bill for everybody else. And ESPN puts it at a projected, uh, 11 wins for the Blazers. But the Blazers are sending out Nasir Little and Keon Johnson to the Clippers and Anthony Simons, Yusuf Nurkic, and the third pick to the Raptors and receiving back Pascal Siakam and Nicholas Batum. Oh, what did the Clippers get in this? So the Clippers are getting Nasir and Keon. And part of the reason on why the Clippers would do that, let me pull this. I had this little note about them back up here. So yeah. Why? Yeah. Make the case for why their, their cap situation. They're in absolute cap hell and they're the ones that started it. They're 40 million, 40 million over next year's projected cap line. And with their two stars being the the part-time players, they owe draft picks to the thunder through 2026. Uh, Leonard and George become a free, become free agents after next season. Uh, The new CBA with that second apron, they're already, they're at it. I mean, after they're going to be right there. Um, Their only option with how deep they are into the weeds with their current tax situation is that if they want to re-sign Russell Westbrook, the most they can offer him is a vet minimum. 
So mm-hmm. they're in that cap hell. So when you're looking at those, those friendly contracts of, you know, a Nasir Little and a Keon Johnson, you know, you can part with that $10 million from Batum. You know, I think they're, they're, ta- they're shipping out, you know, 10 million for Batum, but only taking back, you know, that at the bare minimum of that range, 6.9. So every little bit of that cash helps. So you're kind of helping bail them out. And I also know a lot of people are, uh, people are sitting here as well going, well, Hey, why are you getting back two power forwards? Well, we're also entering also into a phase of positionless NBA, Uh, you know, Pascal Siakam, you know, in my mind, he's a little more of a three, you know, Nicholas Batum, I always remember him being a three, but I mean, the Clippers have shown that you can play as many power forwards as you want in, you know, whatever, especially when you're pairing all of this around a shorter point guard in Dame and a guy who's maybe not as up to par in defensive ability as Shaden Sharp. So, I mean, that's my, that's, that's my trade along those lines and the money works on all accounts. So, I mean, I like that one more. It's, it's never a bad thing to have useful (laughs) wing depth and also come home, Nicholas Batum. I like that a lot. And by the way, Ryan, you said something that I don't think my trades accounted for as much another dynamic in all of these. You said it, the cap, the, the rule, the salary cap rules are changing and without getting into details, Teams that have very expensive rosters will be paying a dear price for that. It limits their flexibility with draft picks. It limits their flexibility with using exceptions. It does all sorts of stuff to really disincentivize teams from being too expensive. And because of that, if, if, and if the Blazers are willing to be one of those teams that is a little bit more expensive they could be the beneficiary of other teams trying to debulk and, you know, get some of the salary off their roster. And I think that, that, that what you just showed is a really good example of how that may happen in practice. So I'd be all for it. I'd yeah. For and, it. you know, you know, even in, in what I was talking about, like with where the Raptors sit at their center position, you know, maybe you end up getting a fourth team involved in this somehow and they, they, they fill another position of need, but basically like it, it's that number three and Simon's going to Toronto, but you know, either a fourth team is involved and tossing something to somebody else, you know, for, for that use of Nurkic contract, but you know, and then, and then too, I mean, that, that does free up the blade or that does put the blazers in the position where they still need to go out and find a, a quality starting center, but you know, they have a lot more options available to them with their, you know, order of operations and cap stuff that we'll talk later you about in free I, agency. You know, so, yeah. And you know how I feel about Nurkic. I feel like they may, you don't want off. him to leave. You don't want him to leave. I know it'll break and your I, heart. I, I break think your they'd little be heart. better off with a less talented, but more consistent center. I think that's they really need that badly anyway. All right, moving on. We got 13 minutes. This one is called the unrealistic one. And by the way, it's funny how, like, I think the, the Celtics and the heat play in about two hours. So we'll see yep. if Hour Celtics can, can pull it out again. Um, I hope it. to God not. Cause I am getting a sweet payday. If they, if the heat finally win this, I, t- <laughs> I took a flyer. I parlayed the nuggets to nuggets and heat to both win their conference finals. And I did that in game three of round one. Oh, that's going to be a pretty penny for you. Yeah. So I got dare that. I, at, I, ask, I got, what do you, well, how much do you put on that? Or you don't have to say, if you don't want to, I threw 50, 50 bucks down on plus 2200. 
okay, let's and go. Then I, All right, and so- then I, I, I slightly doubled down tonight on taking the heat money line plus a Jimmy Butler plus their 20 plus points parlay. So that'd be like another hundred bucks, but yes. So drinks on me. If the heat they'll close it out eventually, but I'm tired of waiting on this. Let's go. Jimmy <laughs> Butler. All right. This one is pretty simple. It's another very top heavy trade. It's going to be Portland trading with the Boston Celtics for our favorite, not quite malcontent, but possibly doesn't want to be there anymore. Sub superstar. It's for Jalen Brown and the Celtics would get the number three pick Anthony Simons, Nas Little and three future firsts. This adds $2 million to the Blazers cap. It's pretty obvious why Portland does it. They get an A plus star, someone who is in their mid twenties. They will have to pay him. Um, but you know, Jalen Brown maybe doesn't want to be in Boston anymore. This only adds four wins according to ESPN, but I'm not sure I believe that. Um, and you're left with Dame, Shane Sharp, Nas Little, Jeremy. Wait, where, where did that, I, I was gonna, I was going to see if you noticed it. If you, uh, you pulled yeah, the exact sorry. Anthony Davis lineup, I was like, wow, we're trading all that for Brown. He's not even cracking the rotation. That's very funny. I obviously did a copy paste and didn't change it. It'd be Dame, Sharp, Jalen Brown, Jeremy Grant, Nurk, and then the MLE player, Tybal Reddish, Watford, Walker. Yeah. Uh, we have 11 minutes. What do you think about this trade? I cannot wrap my mind around any trade that involves the Blazers, the number three pick, Anthony Simons, and the Boston Celtics, because I do not understand why the Boston Celtics would do this. The Boston Celtics are in a championship window. They are in a win-now win mode, and they are closer to winning than the Blazers are. So I don't well, get, I don't get what the, the same U- two best players and they can't crack the ceiling. They changed the coach. They can't crack the ceiling. Jalen Brown's made rumblings. And he like went to the press a couple months ago about like, well, if maybe if they don't want me to be there, dot, dot, dot. So like, I don't well, think yeah, it's talking a, about the city being racist. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's unreasonable think- to suggest that he kind of maybe doesn't really want to be there. I, I, I buy that there's, probably some fire with the smoke of that. He doesn't want to be there. I just don't see how Portland is any better offers from other teams for Jalen Brown. Yes. Better offers with more, more fitting players on their timeline. Boston in that case would be searching for the exact same thing that Portland is searching for. That's fair. But like, let's, I want, I want to really, I want to pinpoint this really quick for Blazers fans specifically, Ryan, what you're saying is that, Boston isn't getting what they need when they're getting the third pick, which may be the number one pick in a different draft. Anthony Simons, who's on a good contract. He's only 23 years old and three future firsts and Nas little. And what you're saying is Boston doesn't want to do that. So I I just, I, I think that that's a reasonable take. What I'm trying to say is like, we need to temper our expectations for what the Blazers well, can do and who they can get. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And, and it, and this is a, a, a prime example of that. Just because the trade machine says something's possible. Does not mean that it's possible? Because Boston would have zero interest. <laughs> Boston would have zero interest in, in scoot in this because they're not on a developmental timeline. So the True, number three like, pick while it's, while the number three pick is appealing and it, you know, you can say that, Hey, future generational talent, here's the kind of player that, you know, scoot is going to be scoot does not make sense for anything that Boston is currently doing. We haven't seen very many super high picks who are good get traded shortly after they're drafted. Like that doesn't happen very often, but again, look at the, the reason I gave for this trade was dot, dot, dot. Well, dot, dot, dot. Jalen Brown doesn't want to be there anymore. I guess the point was that, yeah, like I'm not sure how realistic this is. And also that's as, as 
Portland fans with Dame, we've been on the opposite side of those dot, dot, dots. Well, maybe Dame doesn't want to be there anymore. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's a pie in the sky. Now, this is the kind of trade that I think that you would throw in a couple future first for Maybe not, you know, if you're giving up Simon's little number three, I mean, maybe you're looking at like two future first. I don't think Boston is that, is that pick poor. I think that could get it done. You'd have to do it to get them even kind of interested. And, but I think that depends what the market would be on how many other future first other teams are throwing in. And again, you know, to reference back to that excellent Hollinger piece, I don't think a lot of teams that would be seeking uh, Brown services are going to be driving up the market that far. A thought, though, that the Blazers, if they're going all in with Dame, their future firsts are disproportionately valuable because they're not going to be as good later. So there, mm-hmm. and I think teams would know that. So just, yeah. you know. Um, okay, two more trades. This one's called Let Me Sell You a Bridge is, and we have two trades in this one. It's Portland trading with Brooklyn. They get Mikhail Bridges in exchange for the number three pick, Nurkic, and two future firsts. The second trade is a straight-up swap with Atlanta. Portland gets John Collins and Atlanta gets Anthony Simons. It adds 5.7 million to the Blazers cap. ESPN says plus zero wins. I don't know about that, but why they do this. Portland gets a wing to play with Dame and someone who Dame wants to play with. Brooklyn gets a premium pick, premium pick and more draft capital because they're pick poor. Like you said, and Atlanta gets positive value for someone who doesn't want to be there again. There've been rumblings about John Collins for a thousand years. So you have Dame Sharp, Mikhail Bridges, Jeremy Grant, John Collins, then mid-level player, blah, 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 blah. What do you think about this trade or this series? This one, this one I like because I think this firmly falls into the category of nobody's happy afterwards. Every, every, everyone thinks it's a bad trade. Blazers fans would be pissed. They'd be pissed. Blazers fans would think that this is an overpay for Bridges and Collins. Uh, Brooklyn fans are like, are you shitting me? We gave them away for nothing. Uh, I think Atlanta is the only one sitting on the sidelines going, yeah, 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 we're good with that. Now, the idea of Atlanta fixing their problems by having a roster with Trey Young and Anthony Simons, uh, that is just a younger (laughs) version of Damon Ant. I think 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 Atlanta would trade Trey young by the way yeah, you know i it's got its own rumbling because should consider also yeah like, um it. you know maybe they can get a hair clip for men members oh anyways Ooh, but no this, this you is uh no room to talk how dare no you? as a bald man i have all okay. the room to talk i am the only one that's allowed to make hair jokes but yeah so this this is one of those trades where it's you know atlanta's sitting there especially if they trade trey young you know this opens it up for him this this starts starts a process for him where i think they'd be like yeah okay but i think Portland fan and and Brooklyn fan here are both feeling a little fleeced. So I, I this I, is the yeah, kind of I, this is the kind of deal where if the number three and Ant go out in any sort of Mikhail Bridges trade, something else of value needs to come back. If Brooklyn's not going to give up Claxton in a deal like that, which all word out there is they're holding on to him even tighter than they are, you know, Bridges. So get another team involved and get something of need like you do here with John Collins. The problem, obviously, is that John Collins isn't really a center, but I will say this, you know, John Collins is 25. He has three years left at 26 million per year. That's a good, that's a decent contract. It's not bad. Right. And with Mm -hmm. Mikhail Bridges, 26 years old, his contract's even better because he's a better player, but three years at 23 million per year. So part of this is that, yeah, it's a jumbled fit for Portland, but they're getting players 
if you needed to trade them later, you absolutely could. That's the thing about this trade. I think is it does give the blazers that you're losing flexibility in some respects because of the future first going out, but you're also getting players who were pre prime on good contracts. So at positions of need around the NBA. So one more trade, Ryan, you got four minutes to do this. I call this one. It's the last one. I call it six starters. Yeah. I had to Google half these names and I still don't know who half these people are. Okay, well, here's what we're doing. We're going with Toronto. Portland is getting OG Ananobi and Malachi Flynn for salary purposes. Mostly Uh, Toronto is getting Anthony Simons in a future first. So essentially just think of that as Simons and a first for OG. The second trade, Portland is trading with the Orlando Magic. Portland's getting Franz Wagner and Bull Bull. Yes. And Orlando. Or, or, Orlando would get the number three pick, Nas Little and Keon Johnson. Blazers save $2 million. ESPN says zero wins. Portland, they get a defensive wing and a young but ready to contribute scoring big in Franz Wagner, who's, who's a lot better than I think most people know. No one watches Orlando Magic play. Franz Wagner's really good. And they get Bull Bull, who I think is super interesting. Toronto thins out their wing rotation, and Orlando gets the third pick and some filler. Ryan, what do you think about this trade? This strikes me as a victim syndrome kind kind of thing from you know previous attempted trades of the past where Toronto has talked up OG Ananobi's value where I don't think I don't know it's it seems like an overpay for OG but at this point in time I don't know I mean it's he's 25 years old he's the market allegedly for him last trade deadline the the market for him allegedly last trade deadline was four firsts so I, well, I don't know. It's just, and they're not getting that right. And so this yeah. trade, they're getting Simons in a future first for, again, he is, he's young. He's young on a good contract. That's part mm-hmm. of it too. Same thing. Franz Wagner, Franz Wagner is 21. He's 21. He's making 6 million a year. Wow. Yeah. Like, so he's on a rookie scale contract, but like, it, I, I mean, my problem with this trade is, does it really make the Blazers all that much better? I think some of this is hinging that OG and Anobi would develop a little bit more and that Franz Wagner would take a step because Franz yeah. Wagner, if you watch him play this dude, he could take the Lowry, the Lowry Markin and jump and become like a legit all-star. And I think if you have that plus OG plus Dame plus sharp plus Jeremy Grant, then you're cooking with gas, I think, but you're, you're expecting some development. Yeah. I mean, this, I, I, I like it, it, but I agree. I don't know if it moves the needle that it, it strikes me as being just a hair better than rearranging the deck chairs. Like maybe, maybe you've got nice cushions for the deck chairs now. I would say though, like, look, if you have it's Dame Sharp, Ananobi, Jeremy Grant, Nurk, and Franz Wagner, Franz Wagner, that's let's I, I call the trade six starters because you have six starting level players on your team now. And yeah, the mm-hmm. end of your bench is pretty thin, but that's not that's not nothing. And again, like you're expecting some development. Ryan, we have one minute left. What do you gotta say about all this? What is your thought? What's your last thought? <laughs> well, I think every everybody needs to, you know, calm their tits a little bit with with their trade machine ideas. I've seen some crazy stuff. There was the one that got thrown out today where I don't know, Portland gave up everything but the kitchen sink and somehow only got back Pascal Siakam in the 13th pick. And yeah, it's just it's weird. And then you got, you know, you're you're hearing, you know, oh, the third pick isn't enough to to fully move the needle, but then you got Brian Windhorse going on get up today and he's saying the Dallas Mavericks have grand plans this offseason to make a major splash to try to keep Kyrie and add to what's going on around Luca. And they're gonna make some major moves using the number 10 pick. So great. The number 10 a pick is now suddenly bit of a disconnect there. We 
Yeah, playing. the number 10 pick can make a major splash, but the number three pick is no, we need more. Yeah, come on. It's it's it is what it is. But I cannot wait for the draft to come about. Portland is probably, you know, just it's we're gonna have to deal until draft night. We probably won't find out. I'm sure Cronin's got 19 different scenarios based off what Charlotte does and what teams want and need. And God bless us all and help us for this final month. How do you feel? Just one more quick thing. How do you feel listening to these trades? Does it make you more or less optimistic that Joe Cronin can make something happen? I think he can make something happen. And a lot of it comes from what I'm reading and listening to from, again, like I said, you know, trying to get to the beat writers of, of these other teams. And it's a lot of, they need to reach out to Portland and it's not a lot of Portland needs, you know, of, of the vice of like Cronin needs to make all these calls. I'm sure Cronin's sitting back doing his due diligence, but his phone is ringing more than he's having to press buttons. So, which is not a bad position to be in. I, yeah, no. I, Going through these trades made me a little more optimistic because I didn't have a good sense of how the salaries would balance until I did this. And it shows me that there are options. Like, this is not a case where Portland is stuck if they don't want to be. And I think that's a good thing. Any last words? Nope. Nope. That's all okay. I got. I, I like that. I, I, I kind of brought you a little bit around when I went with my tweak on your, uh, your Raptors trade, bringing oh, Batum I, I, back home, which by the way, Batum autographed uh, pregame slipper right there. So I do think something to watch the dynamic, the meta, if you will, of the NBA trade season will be this new collective bargaining agreement will affect things and it could advantage Portland if they're willing to spend money. I do think it could be a good thing. Another good thing is if you follow us at we like the blazers.com, you can also follow us at like the blazers on Twitter. You can find me at Goldner PDX. You can find Ryan at the witty Ryan. That's about it for now. Appreciate you all. And until next time, go Blazers. Go Blazers. Boom. <laughs>